Welcome to this week's message from Mountain Park Church. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we hope that as you listen to today's message, you feel challenged and inspired to give God more room to work in your life this week. But we are going to move into the message part of our morning here, and I believe that everything that we do is worship to God. So this is worship too. We're just doing it in a different way. We're just moving forward. And we have been in this series called Breakthrough, and we are believing that God is going to do something amazing in each and every one of our individual lives, but also here in our midst as a church family. And last week, Andrew was talking about the principle of the first fruits. And, I, and I'm just going to recap that a little bit so we're on the same page with what he was talking to us about. If you missed it, you can go online and watch any of the sermons or the messages from this series. They're all on our website, and you can catch up on what we've been talking about. But we've been talking about how breakthrough comes in our lives, and we've just been tackling this topic from different angles and different perspectives of how we actually experience breakthrough in our lives. And so one of the principles that God put into place was the principle of the first fruit. And so Andrew unpacked that really well last week in talking about how we are always to bring our first and our best of all of our resources, of all of our gain, of everything that we comes into our life. We give God the first 10%. The first 10%. That's what he said to do. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit more as we go on. So don't get too quiet on me. It's not what I said, it's what God said. He actually said, and and I honestly can't remember, and our Wi-Fi just crashed. The last two days I haven't been able to, I wanted to go back and listen to Andrew's message because I couldn't remember what scriptures he used, and I was like so frustrated. But I was like, okay, God, you got this anyway. We'll figure it out as we go. So um, we're going to go and we're going to read Malachi 3 where it really talks about tithing in a very plain way. But what I want to introduce to you today is the idea that tithing, that tithe, that 10%, that first best that we bring to God is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of what God wants to do in your life. And I'm going to share a lot of stories from my own life today in how God took me from a place where I believed in scarcity and lack where it's all that I knew, it was the mindset that I grew up with. And he took me into a place of prosperity and taught me what it meant when we have prosperity with purpose. And when he, when he told me, so I struggle, I'm going to be honest, I struggled with this message this week. I was excited and I kept waking up in the middle of the night with excitement for what God is going to do in each and every one of your lives. There's a scripture that Paul wrote And he said, I am so excited, not because of the gift that you gave me, but because of what I know is going to happen in your life because you gave that gift. And that's exactly how I felt this week. I know that's exactly how Andrew feels about this offering that's coming up. We are so excited about what God is going to do in your life, but then also through this church. We are so excited. I can't wait to hear the stories and see what God is going to do for you. But there's a process that we have to follow. God is leading us on a journey. And I believe that that journey is from a place where we believe in lack and we believe in scarcity to a place where we believe in provision, that God will meet our needs. 
But I actually believe that provision is just the beginning. And that what he has actually called us to is a place of prosperity and abundance. Now, I know when he said, you're going to talk about prosperity and you're going to use that word, I got a little nervous because I said, God, people don't like that word. Because that word, unfortunately, has been so misused by the church. And it breaks my heart that this powerful, powerful principle of prosperity, of the life that God has called us to, of the life he wants us to walk in, has been so distorted by church people. And over the years, we've come to believe that if I'm a prosperous person, I can go lay my hands on a BMW and claim it for myself. Or, you know, all of these things that are so self-serving and selfish, that is not what prosperity is about at all. And if anybody has taught that to you over the years, I'm sure that you felt sick deep down inside. And maybe you didn't even know why, but it's not right. That is not what the prosperity message is about. Because prosperity in the kingdom is never about us. It's about what we're able to give to advance the kingdom of God. And I feel like often we get stuck in certain places in our own lives, but also in the church. We can get stuck in a mentality of poverty and lack and scarcity. And some people have even messed up that message and said that you're more righteous and you're more holy if you don't have anything. I don't believe that that's true either. And I'm going to show you that in scripture today. Because what I believe the scripture clearly says from beginning to end is that God will provide all of my needs, but that's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. But sometimes we get stuck there. And we're going from paycheck to paycheck. And we're going from miracle to miracle. And we're believing God for this thing, like whatever we need to pay our bills right now. And then we go, yes, that's awesome. He did that. But then we're just getting through to the next thing. And I don't believe he wants us to stay there either. I believe he wants to move us from provision to prosperity. There was another group of people that he did this for. It was the Israelites in the Old Testament. When they were in the wilderness, God met all of their needs miraculously. But they were in the wilderness. They were there for 40 years and their clothes didn't wear out. That's a miracle. They got water out of rocks when they needed it. That's a miracle of provision. He provided manna, bread that just fell on the ground every day. That's a miracle. And he provided quail when they started to complain that bread wasn't enough. So they basically had the equivalent of a chicken burger every day for 40 years. (laughs) But they lived on that miraculously. He provided all of their needs. But they weren't being very prosperous at all, were they? They weren't able to actually advance the kingdom of God. So in the wilderness, all of the miracles of God were for provision. But that was not where God wanted them to stay, was it? He was taking them somewhere. He was taking them to the promised land, the land he had promised to their ancestors. He was taking them to a place that the Bible says was flowing with milk and honey, which means nothing to us. But to them in that day, it meant that that land had everything they needed for health and prosperity. Everything they needed 
to live a life beyond what they were living in the wilderness. And sometimes I feel like we stay in that wilderness mentality. We stay in a place where we're just believing God to meet our needs. We're just believing for provision. But he wants to take us to a place in the promised land. He wants to take us to a place where we have more than we need, where our needs are not even the main issue anymore. But all of the miracles in the promised land were about advancing the kingdom of God. All of the miracles, once they came out of the wilderness and they were in the promised land, it was always winning battles, taking land, taking initiative for the kingdom. And so I believe that God wants to move us and move our mentality from a place where we're just believing him to meet a need to a place where we have so much abundance in our lives that we don't worry about our needs anymore. And we start to set our focus on how we can advance his kingdom and help other people. I just believe that's where he wants to take us. In Luke 16, 13, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? He's saying this is just the basic level. If you can't handle what I'm asking you to do with your money, why would I ever trust you with the kingdom of God? Why would I ever trust you with true riches? Do you know what I believe true riches are in the eyes of God? Souls. People. That's his true riches. So if we can't be trustworthy with the simplest thing, the basic resource he has put in our hand, how would he trust us with his most prized possessions, people's lives? And I feel like this is the shift that God wants to do in our church right now, is to take us from a place where we're just trying to get by and get our feet under us to a place where we're actually able to reach out into our community and be a blessing to people and see a harvest of souls come into the kingdom because of what God is going to do in our lives. And it starts financially. It starts with money. And, and why money? I was thinking about this this week. Why money? Why did he pick money? And I think there's a couple of reasons. One of those reasons is that it's measurable. When you give and God gives back to you, you can actually measure that. You can actually see in black and white maybe going from red to black, you can actually see how God is blessing you. So it's measurable. And I believe he gave a percentage to give, a 10%. A tithe is 10%. It's one on every 10. Why? Because we can all do it. It doesn't matter if you make minimum wage or if you make $100,000 a year. The sacrifice is the same for all of us to give 10%. And I've been in a place where I've given 10% off $1. I'm going to tell that story in a minute. And it was painful. But I've also been in a place where I've able to give 10% off a lot more. And honestly, I believe when we put this principle in place in our life, God actually takes us to a place where he changes the desires of our heart. And it's not about meeting our needs anymore. It's about meeting all of the other needs that we possibly can. And then God just takes care of our own. We don't even have to worry about it anymore. 
Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added to you. We love it when people seek first the kingdom of God. We don't love it so much when all kinds of stuff is added to them, do we? We're like, whoa, why them? Why not me? Maybe because they actually take these scriptures seriously. Wow, okay, it's getting awfully quiet in this church. Please don't do that to me. I love you so much. That's why I'm telling you this. So the percentage is fair. And I think the, other, the, the last reason that I think God chooses money is because money is the only other thing that can meet our needs. God wants to be the one who meets our needs. He wants to be our provider. He wants to be the one who meets every need that we have, not the money in our wallet. I went like this, but I don't actually have a wallet in my pocket. <laughs> never carry a wallet in my pocket. Okay. Um, so God, God wants to meet our needs, but he also wants to take us to a place of prosperity. And he doesn't want us to depend on our money. He wants us to depend on him. So provision for our needs is really just the bare minimum. It's not a place where we want to stay. It's just a starting point. And some of you are in that place today, and I get that. I understand that. I've been there. But it's time for us to take a step on the journey that God is leading us on, a step towards the place he wants to take us to in the promised land. You know, when the, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were there because there were some things that needed to be worked out in their life. You know, you can take the slave out of Egypt, but it's harder to get the Egypt out of the slave. God rescued us and brought us into his kingdom, but it's really hard to get the worldly mentality and the worldly systems of how we trust money out of our heads. And so for a time, we stay in a place where he's just meeting our needs because he's teaching us something. When I was growing up, my dad was a pastor in a small town, which meant we did not have a lot of money. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted something. I remember in grade three, my friend Patty came to school and she had these rubber boots, but they were cowboy boots, rubber cowboy boots. So she could wear them all year long in the rain and everything. And I loved cowboy boots. And I was like, I want those cowboy boots. And I remember my mom saying, I can't afford those. We can't afford to go on vacation. We can't afford. And, and that, well, that was so drilled into me that we could not afford things. Now, later in life, after I had grown up, I heard her conversation change. And I knew God had worked on her heart because she would say things like, I could afford whatever I want, but I choose not to. So I knew God had done something in her life. But when I was little and I was growing up, I often heard this, no, you can't have it. We can't afford it. And I kind of set my mind to say, God, I am never going to work in ministry because there's no money in that. And we can never afford to do anything, right? Like that, that's just what I had in my mind. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of this small town. I'm moving to the big city. I'm going to have money. That was just, it was in my head that that's where I was going because I never wanted to live in lack and scarcity. And as little as my parents had, they did the best that they could. And I'm going to give you a tip right now. If you are a parent and you have kids under um, like 10 years old, put up your hand if you're in here and you have kids. Okay, this is a message for you. I don't want you to miss it. The best thing that you can do for your children to set them up for a life of blessing in God is to teach them how to tithe. And to teach them what it actually means to put God first. So this is what my dad did for me. When I was about probably eight, our church was two doors down from the corner store. 
And so when I was about eight, he said, you can go to the corner store alone. I was like, yes. And if you help your mom do some chores this week, we'll give you a dollar that you can spend at the corner store. Now, some of you who are a little younger might not understand how far a dollar could go in 1976, right? Like it went a long way. So I could go, and this was like the beginning of Bulk Barn, really, because they had this display, and they had all the candies, like the Swedish berries and the sour keys, you know, like all of those ones. And you could fill up a whole little paper bag for a dollar. This was really exciting, okay? Stay with me, people. Come on. I had been eating dusty mints out of old men's pockets for a really long time in church, and I was excited about that bag of candy. And so my, my dad was like setting me up, right? He's like, you're going to get to go to the store alone and get your candy for church. If you help your mom with the dishes and, and do the laundry, we're going to give you a dollar at the end of the week. And I was like, yes. So all week long, and I think he even like skipped a week and made me wait two weeks. He was like, you're going to get that dollar. You're going to get that dollar. So I was so excited, guys. You have no idea how excited I was to go to the corner store and get that candy. So my dad sits me down on Saturday, and he says, I have your dollar for you. And I put out my hand, and he gave me 10 dimes. And I thought that was awesome, because I knew 10 dimes equaled $1. And then he said, oh, honey, do you remember what tithing is? And I went, say what? And he said, he said no, 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 you know that we honor God And he actually didn't talk about the law. He didn't talk about any of that. He went right back to Abraham and Melchizedek. And I was like, huh, what? But Abraham is the one who started the tithe. It was 400 years before the law. And he did it to honor the Lord. And my little heart had been in church all of my life. And I loved Jesus. And I knew what it meant to honor him. And he said, so if you love him, you'll give him one of those dimes. And I was like, huh? Then I can't go to the store and get the candy I want. So, I, so all Saturday night, I sleep on this, right? And I'm mulling it over. What am I going to do? And I think my dad knew that. And I got up the next day, and I decided I could wait a week to get my full dollar bag of candy. And so I went into Sunday school, and I put one of those dimes in the plate, and it was one of the most painful things I ever had to do but I did it because I love Jesus. And my daddy got a hold of my heart and he allowed God to work in me in that way before money ever became an issue in my life, before I ever got a paycheck from someone else, before I ever had increase that was really significant. He put me in that place so that God could get a hold of my heart so that it would never be a problem for me to give 10% to God. And that Sunday, when I came into church, I would love to tell you that someone walked up and handed me a bag of candy, but they did not. But the next week, I got another dollar, and then I could go and buy candy, and my money started to accumulate, and I could get a chocolate bar, and it was like, it was awesome, right? And God has never let me down. He has always blessed my life. But God takes us on a journey. So when I went to Bible school... I was living, literally, I was working part-time going to Bible school. So I worked, uh, I went to Bible school in the morning from 8 till 12. I'd have a quick lunch, and then I worked all afternoon, 
sometimes into the evening. Then I did homework and I'd go back again and do it the next day. And then we had to do volunteer work for Bible school and we had to be there on Sunday. So I felt like life never ended and I was getting a part-time paycheck and I was living week to week. And I was driving. I had my money set aside to go to my first semester. This is kind of a funny story too. And we had this guy, his name was Ulf Ekman. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him, but he came from Sweden. And I was so excited to go to church that morning, I got a speeding ticket on the way there because I was late. And all the money I had saved up for my first payment for Bible school, I had to pay this ticket. And I was like, oh, like I really messed up. I went into church that day just like devastated, right? Miraculously, someone paid my tuition to go to Bible school. And there I was. And I feel like all through my Bible school experience and probably even to, into the early years of our marriage, because I met my husband Mark while I was at Bible school, God was working on this provision mentality for me. He had taken me from scarcity into a place of provision. So one day I was getting ready for, for Bible school and I wore contact lenses and I was leaning over the sink, putting it in, and it went right down the drain. And I didn't have glasses at the time as a backup. So I got in my car and I kind of drove to Bible school like this, right? Because I'm like, this is dangerous. I had horrible vision. And uh, I'm sitting through class like, oh, this is not going to work. And I knew a new contact lens was $50. I knew that. $50 I didn't have. I'd asked my parents for money so many times. I didn't want to ask them again. And I was sitting there that morning going, God, you know I have a need. I know I've asked a lot of things from you, but you did say you would meet all of my needs. And you're teaching me about provision. So God, I don't know what you could do, but maybe this is one more need you could provide for me. And at the break, I, was, I just stayed in my seat. I didn't get up. Normally we went to have coffee and I stayed there and this, this old gentleman who I barely knew who was in Bible school with us walked up to me and he did like the hallelujah handshake. He went out to put his hand. You guys know what that is, right? It's like a loaded handshake. He put his hand out and, and it was $50. And I just looked at him and he said, you're Brenda, right? And I said, yes. Like, honestly, we didn't even know each other. He barely knew that that was my name. And he said, well, when I was in the bank, Yesterday, God said, take $50 out and give it to Brenda at Bible school tomorrow. And God showed me so miraculously in that moment, the scripture that says that I know what your needs are before you even have them. And I've already got them taken care of. You don't have to worry about your needs. God will provide for your needs, whether naturally or supernaturally. He will provide for every need you have. And so that experience that day just solidified that in my life. And I was like, God, I trust you. You can ask me anything. I trust you. I trust you. So we went through the first few years of our marriage and tithing was the one thing that we said, absolutely, we will tithe. Absolutely. And well, I didn't read the scripture in Malachi. We'll get to that in a minute. And we, so we were tithing faithfully and my husband was working as a, as a truck driver. He wasn't really earning a whole lot of money. I decided to stay home with our kids. We had two little kids, probably about the same age as Jess and Alex's. And I remember it was hard. We were kind of living that paycheck to paycheck. I remember going into Walmart, buying diapers and using my credit card, knowing 
I hope we can pay this at the end of the month. Because that's one thing that we also built our marriage and our finances on is that we would not go into debt. And I think in that time we were accumulating a little bit of, of like a little tiny bit of credit card debt, which was something we said we never wanted to do, but we had to take care of our kids. And we were in this place where we were like, God, we need you to move. And we were in a, a service, much like the one that's going to come up next week. And the pastor asked for a supernatural offering for supernatural results in our life. And my husband turned to me and he said, I think we're supposed to give $5,000. And I was like, huh? Are you sure you heard right? And I said, you know, no, no, you know what? Like I had a moment where I was like, wow, that $5,000 could go a long way to taking care of my kids. I'm not even sure we have it to give. But we pledged it over a period of time in the future and we believed that God would, would, because we stepped out in faith, that God would make that happen. And within, I think, maybe two or three months, something um, supernatural happened, really. My husband got a phone call from someone who offered him um, a barn full of birds. I hope it's okay that I say that. My husband's a poultry farmer. And so he said, I can't use my barns right now. Can I use your barns? And I'll pay you a lease for the crop. And that lease was exactly $5,000. God came back and met our need once again. But like I said before, he doesn't want us to stay there. And he's taking us from provision to prosperity. So we spent those years going from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. But that $5,000 that we gave, within a couple of years after that, our business started to grow, things started to pick up, and our income started to increase to a point where we were able to give offerings like that on a regular basis. It's just become a regular part of our lives. But God still challenges me. He still challenges me once in a while to go, are you still listening? Am I still in charge? Just recently, probably a couple, I don't know, maybe a year ago, I was at a, I was at a, a, an intersection at a stoplight and there was a man in the middle of the intersection who was asking for money. And I instantly have this feeling like, I don't, I don't know why, and I'm really sorry to say that. But I, I feel like I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with it, right? I don't know. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but that's how I felt. And I felt God, as soon as that thought came into my mind, I heard God say, empty out your wallet and give it all, of, give it all to him and tell him I love him. And I was like, I usually only carry about 20 bucks in my wallet. I think I can handle that. <laughs> so I went in my wallet. And I had more money than I thought I had in my wallet that day. So I tried to slide out just 120, and God said, no. I said, give the whole thing and tell him I love him. So I did. I emptied out my wallet, and I gave it to him. I didn't even look at how much money it was. I didn't want to know. But I knew, but I knew I had to be obedient to what God was telling me to do in order to keep the blessings coming into my life. I have to stay in a place where he's Lord over everything. And I'm completely obedient to him. And so he's been, he's been talking to me again about what I'm going to give next week, about what to, what to do. He's, he's, a, he's prompted me in my heart to just go to the bank and take out money. Hold on to it. I'll tell you who to give it to. I'm living in a place now where I don't have to worry about my needs 
God takes care of all of that. I work here for free. I volunteer my time. I'm able to do that because I, I just don't need the money. But I feel like what God has given me, I can sow into your lives with, with my resources and my talent and my treasure. And so I do. The Bible clearly says all throughout the Bible that God will give us two things. He gives bread for eating and seed for sowing. You never, ever, ever eat your seed. And you never, ever, ever plant your bread. God gives you two kinds of resources. The ones you need and the ones you plant into a supernatural future. Let's go and read Malachi 3. Starting in verse 7. God says, return to me and I will return to you. And I'm going to stop right there for a sec. Because he's actually challenging us in this. To say, this is how you return to me by bringing the tithe. If you've been away from God, if you haven't been bringing your tithe to God, if you haven't even started that yet, he's saying, this is how you start. Return to me and bring the tithe. Return to me and I will return to you. That's a promise, says the Lord Almighty. Ask, how are we to return? A mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. You ask, how are we robbing you? You're robbing me in your tithes and offerings because you're not bringing them in. It actually says that if we don't bring our tithe, we are robbing God. That does not set us up for any good. No matter how you read it, that is not good. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be, what? Food in my house. And he says, test me in this. He says, test me. This is just the start, but you can test me. Bring it and just see what I'll do. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Wow. And then, and then we often stop reading there. But this is what he goes on to say. I will prevent pests from destroying or devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. So here's what he says. He says, bring it, bring the tithe and the offerings to me, so that there's food in my house. Our needs are met. And then he says, I am going to pour out so abundantly... So he's covered what we would call the bread, what we need in this house. But he also goes on to talk about the seed. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect your seed from any devourer. And I'm going to bring it to full fruition. I'm going to bring it to the full harvest. I am going to make that seed that you plant come out so abundantly that you're going to go, what happened? That's an open heaven above you. And I am just believing that God is taking us on a journey to open heaven above each and every one of our lives. And I'm excited about it. 
because I'm excited about what he's going to do for you. I'm excited about what he's going to do in your family. I'm excited about what he's going to do in your finances. I'm excited about what he's going to do in your body and in your health and in your emotional health. Because when we give, our natural resource of giving, what he has put in our hands, when we give that, it turns into supernatural blessing. What God has given us to give releases the supernatural. There's this connection between the natural and the supernatural. And he says, if you can learn to manage what I give you in the natural, I'm going to open up the supernatural. If you can manage worldly wealth, I'm going to give you true riches. If you can manage your money, if you bring in your tithes and your offerings, I'm going to open heaven over your life. It's a very simple principle. But it's one that we hold back in because we're stuck in these old mentalities. We're stuck in the Egypt mentality. Do you remember the Israelites? They always wanted to go back to Egypt. They thought it was better there. They always wanted to go back. That mindset was so hard to break out of them. And I believe God is going to break those mindsets of lack and scarcity in our lives and bring us into a place where we are believing for abundance, believing for prosperity and understanding how to use it, understanding how to plant our seed, how to keep the bread, what we need for ourselves and meet our needs, but how to plant our seeds so that we'll get a supernatural harvest. Am I making sense today? Somebody smile and nod if you're getting it a little bit. You're awfully quiet today. I don't like it when you're quiet. So, our limited resources have unlimited potential in the hands of God. I'm going to ask the, the band and the worship leaders to come back for the end of the service here. Our, our limited resources have unlimited potential in the hands of God. And I think sometimes we think, you know, oh, I only have this amount to give. You know, I only have this little bit. It's not going to make a difference anyway. But I want to encourage you today that whatever you're able to give is going to make a difference. Not even just in your life, but you're going to start to see it overflow into the world around you. And I don't know where you're at today. We're going to, I'm going to kind of just go through this. What I'm going to do What am I going to (laughs) do? What am I going to do? I want to encourage you that this scripture is for everybody. Like I said, it's a percentage, the tithe. It's 10%. So no matter how much money you make, no matter where you're at in life, you can participate in this. And I believe that God is challenging us that in, in our present day and age, sometimes even in our churches, We can have the mentality of just getting by. And we're not even able to reach out into our communities and our cities the way that we want to because we're just paying our bills and keeping the lights on and paying our staff and meeting our needs. But I believe this is going to be a church where we are marked by radical generosity and that it's actually going to have an effect on souls in our city. And I don't give anymore because I need And I don't give because I need God to meet my needs. I give because I want to have a church where my kids can stand in the front row and experience a God that I knew when I was little. 
and I give because I'm not satisfied that there's people who are hungry in my city. And I give because I'm not satisfied with the amount of people we have in our church. I give because I'm not satisfied with what's happening in your life. I want more for you. And I give because my gift makes a way for someone else. And I give because someone else gave so that a church stayed open so I could come to the altar when I was 19 and meet Jesus again in my life and really surrender my life to him. And I give because of what he's done for me. It's not hard for me to give anymore. It used to be, but it's not anymore. And I want that for you too. I want you to come to a place where you give, not because you need your needs met, but because you know God is gonna do something supernatural with your gift and you can't wait to see the results. I wanna be a part of that kind of church. If you wanna be a part of that kind of church, I'm gonna ask you to stand up on your feet right now. Just stand up on your feet if that's the kind of people you wanna be a part of. The ushers are gonna come and they're gonna hand out these breakthrough envelopes. And what I want you to do this week is think about where you're at in this journey. Maybe you're in a place where you've never tithed before. Or maybe you struggle with scarcity mentality. I'm gonna encourage you if you have never tithed before, next week, bring your tithe for the first time. Just bring your tithe. And I'm gonna challenge you. We actually have this up on the website um, that we have a giving challenge because we believe so, so much that God will meet your needs when you begin to tithe, that if you tithe and you start tithing regularly for three months, we have a money back guarantee. If you don't see God move in your life, if you don't see the results of it in your life, we'll give you your money back. You can go online and sign up for that this week and start tithing next week and see what God will do. Test me, he said. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open heaven over your life. So if you've never tithed before, I'm gonna challenge you to begin tithing next week. And I want you to take this envelope and on the back of it, I want you to pray about what you're supposed to do. And I want you to write your breakthrough request. I want you to say, this is what I need God to do in my life. And I'm giving as a seed into what I need him to do. And I'm believing for breakthrough in 2018 in my life and in my family. And maybe you're in a place where you have been giving. Maybe you tithe sometimes, but not regularly. Maybe you're in that sort of wilderness place where God is teaching you how to trust him. Just like the first time my husband and I gave that big $5,000, I'm gonna challenge you this week to get together and pray with your spouse and decide how much can we give? What is, a, what is a seed that we could give into this offering to see breakthrough in our lives where we're not just waiting for paycheck to paycheck anymore, but we're gonna start to see prosperity. God is gonna move us from provision to prosperity in 2018. And if you wanna come on Tuesday night, it's our last prayer meeting in this series, and I'm gonna be here and we're gonna be praying for breakthrough in this church and in our city. And so you can come and join me for that. And then there's a third group of people who are here today. You have been giving regularly. You have been tithing regularly. And God has taught you so much about giving that you're excited with me 
because you know what God is gonna do. And you've got anticipation in your heart and God's already been stirring in you what you can give in the coming week. And, and we're giving, I'm giving because of those first two categories that I just talked about. I'm giving because I want to see people go from scarcity to provision. And I'm giving because I want to see people go from provision to prosperity. And I'm giving because I want to make an impact in our city. And I believe that's what we're going to be able to do in 2018. And I, I honestly believe this is what God has had on my heart all week. That if we are faithful in this, if we are all on board as a family, as we are moving forward in trusting God with our finances, he is going to pour out an abundance of heavenly riches, souls, that we're going to see an actual revival, if I can call it that, of souls coming into the kingdom because of our faithfulness and obedience to what God has asked us to do. This is the heart of who we are. It's what we're building this church on. I really hope, I really hope that this message has gone into everyone's heart. I pray that your hearts would be soft and ready to hear it because I know it's not an easy message. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for a lot of us. And I know, like I said, I've been there at every step. I know, I know it's hard, but I know that God is gonna bless you because, because you know what? I'm no one special. My husband and I, we're just regular people like you. But we've put this into practice in our life for 25 years and it works. It works. And I want to see it work in your life too. It's what God has called us to. He never called us to stay in the wilderness and just be provided for. He called us into a land of promise and prosperity. When Jesus in John 10, 10 said, I have called you to life and life more abundantly. That means life that overflows in every area. And what happens when it overflows? We don't worry about our need anymore. And we start being able to take care of other people's needs and flow out on our family and our friends and our coworkers and all our spheres of influence that we have. I want a life that overflows. I want a life that overflows in every area so that I can have an impact for the kingdom of God and advance his kingdom. So Jess is going to sing this song again. We're just going to sing the chorus of this new song, Fall Afresh. And then I'm going to come and pray over us and we're going to end. But this is truly, the words of this song truly are the prayer of our hearts for this church. That it's the power of your presence that changes us. That nothing is going to change people when they come in these doors, but the power and the presence of Jesus. And so we'll continue to be a church who opens up our space for everyone to come in and experience God the way we've experienced him. And in 2018, I want us to get to a place where we feel comfortable to invite our unsaved friends and family and loved ones because we know that we've sown into this and that God is gonna change their lives. We believe it. We believe it. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. 
Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.